Guys, we're back. We are back. Ooh, two on one podcast episode. Who knows? Are we in the seventies yet? We might be close to it. I think so. Nineteen seventies. The Habs dynasty in nineteen seventies. Let me tell you. Daniel, what were the 1970s like? Oh, they were great. The Bell Bottoms. Uh, that new movie, The Godfather, was great. I heard it's too long. Yeah, probably. I, I, th- I thought it should have been longer. <laughs> and with that, we'll move on. Uh, hello, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Welcome to a new episode uh, of the show. Um, we're happy to have you back on this candidate today. I hope everyone at home listening, I hope you too, Daniel and Alex, are going to have a great rest of your candidate day, even though it should be NHL free agency today. Uh, there's a whole pandemic going on. I don't know if you've heard. No, I haven't. Tell me more. Um, well, um, a, a certain province yeah. we live in has decided to bring in half a conference worth of players. When we're, yeah. but then we'll, we'll go into that a little later. We're going to that a little in a later. bubble. In a bubble. We're yeah. in a bubble, but you know, still, I mean, it's not like if you take the wrong term out of Union, you're right there at Scotiabank Arena and you know, in the middle yeah. of downtown and with things being lifted, people <laughs> talk about it later. Anyway. Okay. Um, I mean, it's, yeah, I still, listen, we're going to get into Hub Cities later. There's a lot to get to, guys, because at about 8 o'clock this morning, the Bob Father started tweeting. Bob McKenzie started putting some info out there. Frank Saravelli, Elliot Friedman, CBA News, and mm, good CBA News. Wonderful. I can't remember the last time we had that, guys. Um, but we'll do a bit of housekeeping to start. First of all, guys, 108 views on our last episode the live one with mike the draft lottery i nope. have re-watched our reaction to number one so many times it's great i love it that incredible it was not surprising my the best was mike going it's a play-in team and i stood up and threw my headphones off and realized oh we still have a show and had to <laughs> collect yeah. we're still recording a show okay yeah. We're still doing so. I thought I broke my mic honestly because I just screamed so loud into it. I thought you were gonna leave the room. That's what I really thought. If we do this in the halves win Lafreniere, I I think I I you won't see me for like twenty minutes because I. Yeah, so you might scream in the streets. I remember you said that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I there will be noise. You'll hear sirens before I come back because there will be mm-hmm. disorderly conduct of some sort. Would that be the same if they beat Pittsburgh though? I'll be like, whatever, you made it in, congratulations. But I don't think I'd be that excited. We'll talk about that later as well, because Alex is not happy about certain teams rooting for their own uh, own squads to lose. Uh, final Disgrace. bit of housekeeping before we get to the power hour in the main part of the show. Guys, yeah. F1, it's race week. Austrian Grand Prix. Quickly, Part who one. do you guys have winning the race? Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton. Good. Daniel, who do you have? Alex Albon. All right, that's good. I'm going with Valtteri Bottas. By the way, I don't. Lewis has never done well at Austria. Apparently, I think he got fourth last year. It is normally a Red Bull track, apparently, Daniel. So Alex Albon still looking for that first first. Mm-hmm. If it's so a I Red Bull track, Valtteri it's Max Verstappen. What? I said if it's a Red Bull track and a Red Bull wins it, it's going to be uh, Max Verstappen. Yes. And, yeah. You got to keep your off. Sorry, Alex nice. Albon. It's Valtteri. Well done. Love him. But hey, we'll go straight to the hockey now. How do you guys feel about that? Yeah, I think that's what people are listening for. Well, you never know. There, there's going to be more and more F1. I'm telling you this right now. now Probably, yeah. It's like I don't know about you guys, but the way I feel about hockey right now as a relationship status is I think hockey needs to work on it. It's complicated. Yeah, and right now I'm flirting with F1, and we're going to work really well. That's all I'll say. It's um, trying to win you back, Adam. You we'll know, see. All of this effort, the CBA. 
give, give me Lafreniere and I'll be back for life. I'll tell you that. Um, but guys, speaking of Lafreniere, we're a few days removed from the draft lottery and finding out that a placeholder team was awarded the first overall pick and a chance to select Alexi Lafreniere in this draft. How are you guys feeling a few days removed? Um, I, I don't mind it at all. It's a draft lottery. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a draft. It's a lottery. It's in the thing. If you buy, I, I don't remember who said it. It might have been Adam Wilde. But um, if you buy a lottery ticket and you lose, are you going to complain that you didn't win the lottery? Pro- probably not. Probably yeah. not. Um, is it surprising that a that a placeholder team won? Not necessarily. Um, the it, I think I was telling you. I realized the day after, or the night of, that the placeholder teams combined had a twenty four and a half percent chance of winning the first overall pick. If you added the numbers all together from Team A to Team H, Detroit, who had the highest individual odds, had eighteen and a half percent. So I don't know why this was like. <laughs> There was yeah. almost a quarter, like 25 times out of 100, this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about it, Daniel? Um, yeah, I think like after listening to 31 Thoughts, um, I guess like a- Alex's, uh, I guess, rationale with this, it really kind of connects to what Elliot Freeman kind of said. Like it is the lottery. It is what it is. And you guys like, you know, that's the system. This is like what we have. You can't complain about it. And then I love Jeff Merrick when he said, he loves the chaos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. loves like this new added like drama or side story to everything that's going on. Like, of course, this would happen in twenty twenty. Yeah. Well, um, I, I, sorry, ahead, just Alex, quickly, sorry. I was just gonna say, I think if I look at the system that's imp- that the league has implemented, I don't know if I necessarily agree with every single thing that's in the draft system, draft lottery. Like, I think there's tweaks that could be made. But I think overall, I'm not. I'm not going to complain about a placeholder team getting first overall. Mm-hmm. I think based on the system, it's a system. I think we're in a very weird, um, unprecedented time. Mm-hmm. That you know what? That's fine. I think I saw. I've been talking about the Hockey Central News on Monday that that specific pick was, I think, the lowest odds to ever have won first overall. And what's funny, by the way, for those of you who don't know, if you know there was actual standings and actual teams attached, that would have been Winnipeg's pick. So thank God the Jets might not get Lafreniere, or they didn't. They might still, depending on if they lose to Calgary or not. But yeah. boy, uh, can you imagine it, Lafreniere on a ELC on that? <laughs> oh no, that'd be deadly. Oh, I'm uh, I'm writing something for my blog about the worst. What would the worst teams to get Winnipeg, uh, to get Lafreniere be? Like in terms of who, what, what teams would people hate the most? Toronto, Edmonton, Pittsburgh. Edmonton. Yeah. Those are Edmonton. my three teams. I yeah. think, and yeah, Edmonton would be my number one. It's kind of fun. It's like, it depends on like who we ask on like, I don't know. It's, it was kind of a weird thing. It's just like, what is your opinion on Toronto? Yeah. As a city versus like your Well, everyone on- hates Toronto. Everyone yeah. not in Toronto hates Toronto. Yeah. Um, I was listening then, to uh, well. I was listening to Good Show 
uh, they had uh, Justin Bourne on. And they 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 were making the argument that I think if you go south of the border and you ask a lot of the hockey fans which team they would hate to get Lafreniere, a lot of them would say Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean you can't go wrong with the best. It's just unfair. Yeah. <laughs> like oh hi there Sidney Crosby who's still amazing at Kenny Malkin have it, one, have this elite yeah. prospect. Yeah, it'd be really funny because Sid was drafted towards the tail end of. Lemieux's career and obviously um, Lafreniere like Crosby's not necessarily at the tail end but he could go on for who knows how long Mm -hmm. but he's in the back half back nine of his career this is a random reference but I think it makes sense Mm -hmm. this is the same no it's um, about basketball oh okay this is if that were to happen this would be the same thing that actually no two instances where Magic Johnson goes first overall to the Lakers, and they already have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the twilight of his career. Yeah. And then same thing, too, when the Spurs got Tim Duncan first overall with David Robinson's tail end of his yeah. career. Where it just comes when it needs to, like, uh, I when, think it, when it happens. If it happens, I think the NHL would make it a really big story. Yeah. 100%. I mean, yeah, like, I think Sid was his – it was – I mean, Lemieux's last year, and he even lived in his giant mansion. Yeah. He did for a lot longer than just that last year, too. But, yeah. but you know, both from Ramuski, you know, Lafreniere was there for Sidney Crosby's QMJHL retirement jersey um, ceremony. I mean, the pieces are there, guys. And, you know, a young fan growing up in Quebec sees, you know, another guy tear it up in the queue. I mean, he can't help. And the fact that Sidney Crosby, you know, Lafreniere's going to look up to him and, Oh boy! Um, even if you put him with Malkin, it's just it's 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 so insane. Um, but hey, you talked about Jeff Merrick a little bit earlier. Jeff Merrick, Rachel Dory, Elliot Friedman. A lot of people have been saying if there's a good story, it's the Frenchman coming home. And yeah. oh boy, um, we'll I see. don't think you mentioned that enough, Adam. I don't know. Yeah. I I could. I could. Yeah. Uh, only change the name Twitter of our group chat. Yeah. yeah. Only change the name of our group chat. Just... I don't get – oh, yeah, I renamed it Bring the Frenchman Home. <laughs> Forgot about that. Um, I read that every time I see a message from like, the chat. like, who the hell now? is messaging like, Okay. I'm like, what is this? And then I realized that I don't change. Another – speaking of change, yeah. I don't like how Steve Arjuman has changed. As in, <laughs> he's older. He shaved his head. But, man, he still heads. has – hmm? Nothing, nothing, Daniel, don't worry. Nothing, okay. Oh, don't sorry, worry. yeah, Daniel. No, I just like, <laughs> he looked really good with his old hair. Like, Iserman's a good-looking dude, right? It's the pandemic haircut. Yeah, he, he also has the um, – he's got a sharp tongue. You know, there's some good – like, Doug McLean had some really good stories of Steve Iserman back in the day. Yeah. Um, but this is a – I'm just going to read you a tweet from Max Boltman on Twitter, at underscore – sorry, at M underscore Boltman. Underrated moment in the Iserman press conference was when he was talking about how no teams have had the testing they normally would except have gotten at the combine. Quote, except, sorry, every team but one, actually. And that, of course, is the Arizona Coyotes, who, if yeah. I believe, have still not been punished for um, allegedly. No, they're still investigating. Yeah, obviously. for allegedly scouting prospects. I, I think it was, I, I can't remember. It was on Hockey Central for sure. Uh, that they brought, they, they were talking about the situation, and I want to say it was Burke, but it could have been someone else. Um, that 
uh, Arizona has to share all the information they have on the prospects to all 30 other teams. Oh, my gosh. That should be part of the punishment. I like that. I really do like that. They should give up a pick. They should be penned. Like, like that's so uncool. Well, see let's it this see. way. They did it all for Barrett Hayden, and they still went off the board with him. Uh, <laughs> well, the question is, are they going to – is the NHL going to actually punish them, or are they going to go the route of the MLB and the NFL? And when a team is outright cheating, do just give them a light slap on the wrist. And then just um, clean house internally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look at stuff being done illegally. Just look at Ilya Kovalchuk, the New Jersey Devils, and Lou Lamorello to see how the NHL. No, uh, Lou doesn't have. I was say, about to say don't that. Don't talk about Lou. Okay, Lou is perfect. All right. Well, I, I mean, I, look, sorry, I still can't believe they gave Kovalchuk a seventeen-year extension. <laughs> just like that's insane. There's a really funny tweet of Kovalchuk can't wait to be paid by four teams today. <laughs> what a legend. <laughs> Um, here's another kind of legend or a young, maybe one day he will be a legend. Uh, but guys, will he be a Buffalo legend or will he move on? Jack Eichel guys, he's not getting traded. No, shut up. Everyone shut up. Like we, we joked about it with Mike a few episodes ago. We were like, you know, a second and that, and it was like a cheery Lekkonen and, you know, direct Kulak for like, it just, but he's not getting dealt. I don't know why people are throwing this around. Unless, yeah. I, yeah, it might Sorry. be like I feel like it's gonna be like a Jacob Trupa situation where it's like he's gonna ask for it and then they're not gonna say anything about it until they're like, all right, maybe we actually gotta do something about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was reading like these are like legitimate people writing this, not uh, like the three of us talking about it on a podcast. Talking about you know what would it take for him to get traded for Boston to get him? What, and then I saw another one. What would it take? Uh, for San Jose to get him, like shut up, shut another up. lottery, another no top five pick. No one's, no one, like they're if they trade uh, Jack Eichel, like they've just said, yeah, I, we don't know what we're doing with our team. It goes. They're moving that. to Sabers, yeah. another city. It goes against <laughs> everything the Bakula's kind of said when they, you know, did all that bloodletting. They said there wasn't a rebuild. Um, you know, it just happened coincidentally, you know, yeah. line up with Eichel making some certain comments it, a few before. It would um, go completely against the thing, the idea that they needed to sign him to eight years. Mm-hmm. Which, hey, by the way, that contract is looking better and better. No. Uh, Alex, there's a bit of update with the CHL and right, the whole lawsuit that Dan Kirshner was leading. Yeah, sorry. Let me uh, pull this up quickly. Uh they the CHL announced that they're going to form a panel to deal with abuse after lawsuit. That's the headline. Sorry. So this is this part of the statement. We're deeply troubled by the allegations in the re- recently announced class action, uh, which is run by Carcillo and one other player. I don't remember who the uh, and Garrett Taylor. Sorry, uh, many of which are historic in nature and we believe are not indicative of the leading experience our players receive in the NHL today. Uh, Regardless of the timing, we are taking the claims very seriously as a protection of our players has been and will always be our primary concern. 
Um, so this independent review panel is going to examine current policies and practices that relate to hazing, abuse, harassment, and bullying, and the allegation that players do not feel comfortable reporting behaviors that contravene the policies. I, I feel like they don't understand what's going on. How because every sorry, because every time we talk about these, these incidents come up, we're told time and time and time and time again that hazing is banned from the CHL. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to review? In your sting, it says hazing or whatever, however it's, it has to be worded the absolute weirdest way for this to just be still be happening. So it's, it's obviously not the policy that's the issue i'm a little lost what you're saying there it's they're reviewing policies that that say we there's should not be hazing in the that there's no hazing or whatever will not be tolerated in the chl it's Mm -hmm. clearly not the policy that's the issue the policy has stated there should be no hazing, yet they're still hazing. It's not the policy. It's the culture of hockey. So try figure that one out first instead of reviewing a policy. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely been a story that all of a sudden a lot of people have forgotten about because the NHL are starting to make such you know, waves coming back again. Uh, but Jesus, it just, it's such an issue we need to keep in mind that we – it needs to be front and center stage because again, um, we've talked about this, whether it starts at the NHL level, whether it starts at the CHL level, regardless, each league needs to sort out hazing. They need to sort out, you know, players reporting these issues, you know, being comfortable, being, you know, feeling like they can get help. That. It's, it, it's so important for these young guys, especially. And I, I agree with you, Alex. Yeah, they need to not focus on the policy, but solving uh, the problem itself. Yeah. Daniel, anything to add? Yeah, I kind of feel too. It's a kind, of, but a, kind of like a blanket statement kind of thing. Like they're not really tackling their issue. They're kind of. It's a very like media based thing where they're showing like, oh, we're doing something, and maybe we'll add yeah. this here as a policy. But they're not. They're not looking at like what Alex has said. Like every single level kind of deals with this. Like it's a kind of a thing where like you have to kind of treat it in a different way that how you approach the sport, not. Yeah. That okay, we'll wait until like you know they're at this competitive level already, where they're already at a point in their life where you know some of these guys they're not at home, they're living on their own now. The team is all they know. That you know you got to change that. Like what's appropriate for each team, not just saying all right, you know, let's just police these guys even further. I I think in my opinion they're doing the bare minimum, and the bare minimum uh, it was not enough before. And it's not enough now. You know what they can do? They can follow the NHL's lead and say, we're going to create an, an – well, they haven't done it yet. They're, it's in the works. I don't know when this is coming. The anonymous tip line, do you remember uh, after the Akeem Alou situation came out, yeah. they said we're going to create this anonymous tip line for players to come out um, set, and it'll be completely anonymous? I vaguely remember. Yeah, How, about remember. That? How about that? How about that? Yeah. That seems quite basic. Yeah. But it reminds no, me of uh, policies. When okay. all that was when when the whole thing came out with Bill Peters, I remember uh he was really criticized Brad Trevling where in the press conference he's like, We're ready to put this behind us and go back to playing hockey. 
And it's like, is that the important thing right now? Well, I think for the Flames, like, yeah, yeah. No, obviously in that situation, you'd sit, you should like acknowledge that, like, hey, probably should have done a bit more research into that end. But at the same time, I think like at that point, I think the Flames are having a pretty rough like point in the year. Yeah. I think for them, it really was like, we need to get going it, here, right? And, uh, I understand uh, that. Yeah, I think it was a really touchy su- touchy subject. And it was so crazy to me when um, Montgomery got let go. Mm-hmm. And the first one of the first questions I was asked was, and he had to clearly say he wasn't let go for any, like we just, we've never heard that. We've never heard he was let go for other, re- like he wasn't let go for, uh, any type of uh, racism or or things along those lines. Mm-hmm. I yeah, thought it was like the, the conference. They really had to disclose like why he yeah, yeah when he was dismissed. I remember they really had to disclose like every detail just to ensure that you know it's not the same yeah. like, pattern. And I think it was like a border governors meeting or a GM meeting that um, like there was like, they were media were talking to Batman. He said something else is coming, and. Um, Oh, no, they, they, they had put like the policy or whatever. And Friedman had asked, is yeah. there any more? He'd phrased the question where he had messed it up, but you could tell there was another one coming. But yeah. again, yeah, Jim Montgomery was nothing like there. It's, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to say, but like you can read up on Jim Montgomery, how he's doing all that, all that kind of story. That's not what we want to talk about today. Um, but hey, the guy's gotten help, which is all you really want to see in that situation. He's getting better. Um, and player, players liked him. He was like, seemed like a genuine good person but guys let's see alex do you want to talk about uh some teams possibly tanking now or do you (laughs) i'll do it now i think this is my opinion i don't know how many people will agree with me because i feel like it's such a negative it's not the hockey type opinion but Mm -hmm. the fact that fans of teams are saying you want lose the game lose the first round it it seems so so weird and to in my opinion because this doesn't have i i this rarely happens in other sports i remember <clears throat> hearing the miami dolphins were going to tank this year so they can draft to uh um not I don't remember his last name to a to i can't say his last name but Tua. if you know football you know Tua. Um, and they, they ended up getting him, but they ended up getting him at fifth. But they were supposed to tank and get him. Last year, the New York Knicks tried to tank, and they, karma bit them in the ass. They drafted fifth, uh, fourth overall or third overall, got R.J. Barrett, and Kyrie and KD didn't even want to play for the Knicks. They walked 20 minutes the other way and f- joined Brooklyn. So I think this puts a sour taste in a lot of other sport fans' mouths, knowing that there's a chance and for a, a chance to make it to the playoffs and a t- in a league that praises itself on parity year after year after year after year after year. And you're telling me that you need to lose the first round? If I'm someone watching – and looking at what's going on with the fans, I have an absolute sour taste in my mouth because they want to lose instead of win. You know, you know who never had that approach? Brian Burke. Billy Bean. Billy Bean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's the rookie of the year, all-star. Right? Great money. Okay, so let me ask you this then. Yeah. 
what about when the Leafs were taking for Austin Matthews? Were you rooting for them to lose that? Hmm. I don't like my team losing. But were right? you rooting for them to take I, to get off? I mean, if – you know what I think for that? I don't know. Yeah, that I was quite weird to me. But the issue the, – the thing is, is we're in a scenario where you can win three games. I'm not talking about tanking during the regular season. <clears throat> I mean, the league already has issues with tanking. That's so evident. That's why they had to implement a draft lottery. Like the Ottawa right. Senators of the nineties. Sorry, I, I don't know. But, I may have misheard, but like, sorry, like, but to my question though. Yeah, the answer to your question, I what I'm telling you is tanking in the regular season and how and then tanking here when you have a chance to make the playoffs. Okay, but you specifically when they were the Leafs were tanking. No, I didn't like it when they were losing every game. I did not like watching my team lose every game. But we have to remember, Mike Babcock said there's going to be growing pains. Okay. But were you not – so you're telling me at no point in time you were excited when you realized they had the best odds. Sure, and but if the Le- – wait, wait, wait. When the Leafs – No, let me finish my question first, Alex. You're telling me there was never a point in time where you were like, yes, they're, they're, sure. their odds are that much sure. better. When yeah, but okay. when the – yes. But if I'm the Leafs, I'm just telling you what other sports fans are thinking. That's mm-hmm. it. Okay. This doesn't happen in any other sport. When do you ever hear a basketball fan except James Dolan say, I want my team to lose? I don't hear it in football. I rarely hear it in baseball. Soccer, no. That's all I'm saying. My counter argument here would be that, listen, if you're taking during the regular season, right? Yeah. Then you are trying your best right? But then you never know right. how the lottery is going to go. Yep. The only reason in this scenario that I'd be like, you know what, if you want your team to really, like, I don't think, you know, like Caps or Blues fans are throffing at the mouth for them to lose to get laughing. Those are championship caliber teams. When you're a team like Chicago or Montreal, and yep. if you lose, you don't, it's not a lottery shot. You have an equal shot from other teams to get First overall, right. I think it's a much different story. And I understand what you mean. I, I don't hear it from other sports, but I mean, never. that's just, that's just hockey though. I, I, that's a much, that goes to like the Do league want, level, right? That's uh, not just right. fans. That's just the way. No, that the I think it's partially decided. fans. No, I, I, I think, yes. I think you have, they put the draft lottery system because teams were tanking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for, like team, for fans, right. For fans to say, for fans to say, I want my team to lose, doesn't look good to other fans. It doesn't. It's just simple. If I went up to a basketball fan and said, I have a chance to make the playoffs or I have the chance to get the first overall pick, and I said, I want my team to lose. I I think it's a bit unfair because no other league is doing this exact circumstance. Like the the NHL is so But just even tanking in general. Then, then I think you have to. I think I, I can't blame fans there. I can't do that. Why not? Because the league is the trying league, to stop tanking. The league has the tried league to stop tanking. Really wanted to do it. They would fix the lottery, like Brian Burke has suggested. Yeah. How in the hell the New Jersey Devils won two first round picks within three years of each other? The Oilers for how long? If the Four NHL. Years. 
their way of designing the league, if they really wanted to change, they would change the lottery, which they have not done. Which they have so not, as yeah. a fan, I am cheering my best the way the game and the parody has been designed by the league running it. That's right, just how but I it still puts a sour... Okay, that's fine. But it still puts a sour taste. It doesn't matter. The, a basketball fan doesn't know how the hockey, how hockey leagues works. But if I'm reading comments on Twitter that says, I want my team to lose, you're telling me that doesn't put a sour taste in someone else's mouth. I don't care. Do you, but the whole point, they, do you want, like, we're trying to bring more people into the game, right? I think and, if you are getting if, – if you look at that scenario and you think, as opposed to – if you don't realize the fact that now all these 16 fan bases are now yeah. excitingly waiting for this draft, if you think that is – not drawing the amount of people that you are losing from taking, I think you're ridiculous. Like the, the PR the league you're getting from this is going to bring more fans in than the ones on Twitter saying, oh, guys want their team to lose. Like People think sports fans already are insane, right? Yeah. You know, it, that's not going to change it, right? And you're going to get your hardcores no matter what. It's about yeah. drawing in the casual fans. Mm-hmm. And I think they care a lot more about this kind of stuff than, oh, you know, they're not going to go on Twitter and see, you know, uh, you know, the Habs fans saying, I'm not, you know, me and Will Baldwin say, Carrie, shit, go home, you know, go spend yeah. time with the kids. Let's lose here, right? I just, I, I can't blame fans, Alex, personally. I can't. And, 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 you think it's about the market? Sorry, I just thought of this. Cause like, what I get from this is like, I just keep thinking of the Coyotes where I know they have never really, like, I don't think they've won the lottery. And no, ever, lost. yeah. And, but the thing is, like, it's that kind of thing where I guess you balance it out with the, when we think of like those casual fans, like, you know, you, you get the hall, you get the Kessel on yeah. this team that's not very functional. Worked. Hasn't worked, but you have those names that, you know, sell the team to, like... But is Lafreniere really going to bring in... You think a guy in Arizona says, look, it's Alexis Lafreniere, and he says, I, I want to go watch the hockey game? Probably not. Like, what's... There's, I think there's really one name, maybe two names, that fix, fix Arizona. Uh, McDavid, uh, Connor McDavid, and Austin Matthews. Um, you know, it's Arizona is an example for other. Like Daniel, I I have a problem with you bringing up Arizona because that's just the cap, yeah. Like that's just that is a cursed team to me. Like (sighs) to this day, will not understand. Like I cannot fathom why you have not moved to that team. Like screw it, send it to Houston or Quebec City. I don't care. Like. Put it in, in in a position to succeed, which they have not done with the They're not going to do that. Um, I can give you another example. to do that. I would like another example is uh, 2006, 2007 Chicago Blackhawks. Like I remember uh, Patrick Sharp before said that like, he had to be outside the arena before the game to try to sell tickets. Really? Well, yeah. yeah they were and good, I it guess was really bad. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, I see it like this, and we'll we'll. We'll just quickly give our final thoughts here because we do have a lot to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, I will give you this, Alex. Winning is what brings in the crowd. It's what brings in your stars and yeah. free agency. At the same time, though, you need to draft. You need to develop. And if you have this golden opportunity, I think you go for it. And I could care less with a basketball fan. No, that's thinks, fine. I just, but, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. That's just I my just don't, thought about you guys. I just don't see how – yeah, I get the draft lottery brings it. The second one brings attention now, but it's a matter of keeping the keeping those fans. So how are mm-hmm. you going to keep those fans when you know half the markets when 
like half the markets in the U.S. have trouble bringing in fans. So a guy in Arizona is going to watch the 30-minute second draft lottery, and then what? Tune into an Arizona Coyotes game that we don't know when it's going to be determined because they don't know when the 2020-2021 season is going to start. That's the thing. Yeah, it's going to draw in fans for that one particular thing, but it's a matter of, okay, how am I going to keep that fan? How am I going to keep those fans that I just brought in for next season? Mm-hmm. Or for the rest of the playoffs, when you when you're comp- knowingly competing with the NBA, you potentially competing with the MLB. Depending on how far this goes, you could be competing with the NFL. So yeah, it's going to draw in fans for that thirty minute or whatever how long that thing's going to be. But how are you going to keep them for the rest of the playoffs and then have them back next year? Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel. Yeah, okay. Kev. Same thing, yeah, we've been talking about too. It's just like drawing in the more fans. It's just, it is always an interesting thing when you talk about the NHL because, you know, it is a different beast compared to the other leagues. You know, we're, you know, comfortably, you know, hint, hint, leaf and Habs fans, right? So we don't really think about these other situations where, you know, you see in these other American cities where they'll have the teams that do win, but at the same time, like, you know, they have to be consistent with those big name guys or, yeah, like you guys said, that winning record to really bring in the fans. Like right now, like, you know, you take away Taves, take away Kane. I I would not watch a Blackhawks game. <laughs> I mean, like maybe out of the pure fan fandom that we already have inherently, but for the people, I guess, of Chicago, like I wouldn't watch a game. <laughs> I love it. On one side of my Zoom screen is Alex. The other side is me. And right in the middle being calm is Daniel. <laughs> Um, but I guess we'll quickly go here um, because today is supposed to be free agency. So Frank Cervelli, head of the uh, PWHA and, of course, of TSN, has put his top 50 summer UFAs up. We're going to look at the top 10, guys. So would you like to start at 1 or would you like to start at 10? Uh, 10. All right. Uh, number 10 on the list, guys. Tyson Bieri of the Toronto Maple Leafs, a right-handed defenseman. He is currently making $5.5 million dollars. Now, the cap hit's a bit weird because it's split between that. But this is a defensive defenseman who probably, he, not, not probably, had a really bad year in Toronto, but... Yeah. He's a what? Know. You cut out there for me. Who did not have a good year in Toronto. No, before that, he's a what? I didn't, I didn't hear what you a said. right-handed defenseman offensive. Oh, okay, okay, sorry, sorry. I don't know. How, a six forward. Six forward. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know, like, how, how would we talk? Like, because we... It's so difficult to try and think of what a contract would look like because the next three years, the market, I don't know what it's going to look like. But, I mean, who do you guys think is a team? <clears throat> maybe Vancouver because why not? Um, yeah. That could maybe look for the service, services of Tyson Berry, Alex. Probably Vancouver is one of those teams. Whoever needs a, Whoever is looking for a power play quarterback is looking at Tyson Berry. Mm-hmm. And who's actually going to use Daniel. him properly? Mm-hmm. Daniel Demanio, what do you think? Um, yeah, either Vancouver because I remember all of those trade rumors um, at the deadline. You know, when we all thought everything was okay, and I, honestly, I like I read something I forgot who it was from, but they said Arizona because like you know Alex Galagoski is going up in age. Yeah. He's like the current right hand guy who quarterbacks everything. You know, maybe like do something with. You know, find the Stefan Robida Island with Alex Galagoski's contract and then bring in Tyson Berry as your new, like, quarterback. Hey, 
OEL, Barry, Chikrit. That's not a bad defensive core. Um, we'll How are they going to afford that? That's the question. Um, yeah, especially after they have to may have to pay all these fines for these illegal testers. Uh, number nine, a player who Harmon Dial we talked to, you know, about this player, a great addition for the Canucks. Um, Tyler Toffoli, left oh, sorry, right winger, makes four point six right now. Had a solid year, put twenty four points before the season went down. The guy who really thrived in the new environment, but does he stay in Vancouver, guys? I think they really make a push for him. I'm, based on what Harmon said, I think they really make a push to keep Toffoli. But uh, I guess it depends on what they do with the other with uh, Markstrom and uh, Tanev. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. think it's like a wait and see situation where it, it was. This reminds me of remember when they the the Jets got Paul Stas and you're like, man, that that fit right there. It was so good. The chemistry. Um, they're like, oh, we're definitely going to bring them back. So I think it's a wait-and-see kind of situation where where are the Canucks going to be when they have to deal with everything else? Uh, can they really bring him back, and can they give him like, the term and the money he really wants? See, but I'd love to see him back. Yeah, I, there's a weird part of me. I know he's critical of the deal. still think it was the wrong one. But if he's happy there, like, regardless, he, he got a new sense of scenery. He was having a great year because he had some pretty down ones in L.A., if he takes a discount, I wouldn't be surprised, but I'd like to see him. We'll put the next two together, though, because they are both uh, right-wingers for Florida, making 5.19. Is Hoffman if getting dad enough $4 million. We talked about this a few times throughout the year, but I think it's fair to say the Panthers will try and keep one of them. And, guys, who did you would you guess they would try and keep between these two snipers? I think they try really try hard to keep Hoffman. I mean, he's only a year younger, but I think I think Mike Hoffman's the better player, if I'm mm-hmm. being honest. Um, but they could end up with Dadanov. I, I don't know if they're going to offer a Hoffman. Yeah. What, I don't even know if they'll offer either of them uh, what they want. They, they might end up having both of them walk simply because uh, they got to get rid of money. Mm-hmm. I just thought of a joke. In a way, I'm like, you go for Mike Ho- Mike Hoffman, and it's the same situation as after they got that enough in the 2008 draft. You know, he was there for a few years. He went to the KHL and yeah. then came back. So I'm like, you just expect him to do that again. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, by the way, Mike Hoffman, great hair. I saw somebody say that the Fab should try and sign him. I oh, yeah, know. I sent you that. I sent you that. <laughs> oh, that was you? I, I don't know about that. Oh, I remember what I, I told you now in that text. Um, yeah, um, I, I don't know about I don't know about Mike Hoffman. I mean, he put up 29 goals this year. Yeah, hey, he'll get you the easy goal. A great he guy got, for the power play. It's It sounds like Montreal needs goals, and this mm-hmm. guy scores they, them. They do. Um, next, we'll go to one of the two goaltenders on this top 10 list. Robin Leonard, currently with yeah. the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, he makes – I. I messed up my tab. I can't see, but anyway. Five um, million. Five million, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Vegas found a way to hold on to this guy and then they go with a him flurry platoon and no one wins a game against him ever again. I don't know, but that's a tough one. Because I think he wants to be like, he wants wants, to be the guy. He wants to be the 1A to the 1B. He wants the term. He wants the money. I, I, Listen, I don't want to get like I don't want to get ahead of Flurry, obviously. 
a favorite of the show. He could potentially, you know, uh, turn it around. Like, yes, you know what? Didn't have the best year this year, right? That's kind of why they brought him, brought him in. But if you look at the two goalies, who would you ha- rather have, Flurry or Leonard? I'd rather Mark Andre Fleury. Do you think a team would be get out of here? Do you think a team <laughs> would be willing to take Fleury on? Someone would. Um, Honestly, man, I'm I'm being serious. Like when I said like Fleury, though, no, like I know he had like a down season, but you know he's the proven winner. I know he's a bit higher in age. I mean, quite a bit, but um, you yeah. know, he's still the guy for me. Like he's a proven winner, and the way that team is built, it's like you know they're not going to be thinking about. Okay, how is this going to look in like three years? You know, they're going to go for it. You know, like Paul Stanley's like, what, turning 33 this year? Yeah. Uh, no, he's 34. He's going to turn 34. 30. Okay. He's going to turn 35 at the end of the year. Yeah. Well, so they have Max Petrietti, who's like, yeah. what, 31 now? Uh, yes, sir. You know, the Mark Stone in his prime, like, you know, you, you go for it. But uh, I. Because I, I'd argue Leonard is in his prime right now, whereas Flurry's on the backside of his, like, back nine of his career is an understatement, more like the back three. <laughs> um, See, I, I wonder if maybe Leonard, if the Flames, because I feel like they're going to give, if he ends up in free agency, they give Braden Holtby a, a call. I think if there's a goaltender, Calgary's like, hello. <laughs> And I keep thinking Buffalo or Carolina. No one's going to Buffalo. That's, I know, I keep yeah. thinking that. And like, and the way they kind of treated him there, he's never going back. No. Speaking of players and organizations disagreeing about how they were treated, Dustin Bufflin will not make seven point six million dollars again. Probably but not. I think it's a no. good chance that the team takes a chance on him. And really, I think every any and every team should be calling Dustin Bufflin. Yeah, I think Especially. most teams will end up calling him. Mm-hmm. Maybe Arizona. I know he's not the, the quarterback hey. guy, but that's a – I mean, he, I, it feels like Arizona just needs fire to me, and I don't think there's a player that will bring more energy to your lineup than listen, Dustin Bufflin. Listen, I said it. Chicago is going to sign Dustin Bufflin. They're going to re-sign. They're going to re-sign Corey Crawford. They got Andrew Shaw. They got Tazen Kane. They have Brendan Saad. Who else do they need? The boys are back together. <laughs> Who are they missing? They got to bring back Chris Versteeg. They need Chris, get Chris Versteeg out of retirement. Let's put Andrew him back. Ladd. Andrew Ladd, call up Lou. Okay. Marion Hosa. Yeah. Marion Hosa yeah. <laughs> is your coach. This is it. They don't need Jeremy um, Calden. They need Marion Hosa. I talked about it um, before, but Dustin Bufflin's a guy that I saw it in two ways that he's a guy that you need against if the Leafs are going to face the Bruins. He's a guy that the Leafs need, but at the same time, too, he fits so well with the Bruins. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Because he Stop wants it. to win. So I see like those two options. That's a fair one. Um, we'll move on to a key. This team's arguably their MVP. Jacob Markstrom of the Vancouver Canucks is going to get a raise from 3.67. Just depends on how much and if Vancouver are willing to give the term, as the athletics Harmon Dial said when he was on this show. Go check that episode out. Yeah. Um, guys, I, I think – I talked about how I wish they could keep Tyler DeFoley, but I think if you're choosing between, as you were kind of saying earlier, Alex, 
between Toffoli or Markstrom, if I'm them, I'm going after Markstrom because Damco has not proved it yet. Yeah. Um, you know, Di Pietro hasn't either. And, Still a young end. <laughs> and again, it's it's if you if you want something good on your team, you have a good puck mover. They have that. You need centers. They got that. And you need a goalie, aka look at the Sharks. They didn't have that. Well, they, they, ha- they didn't have it, and they still made it to the Cup final. Hmm? No, but Martin just Jones had a sheer there. will. Yeah, Martin Jones was okay that year. Okay, he was good. I have a soft spot for him though. You know, 2010 what, what, World Junior. Love there that. we go. <laughs> what World Junior was he a part of? He was the backup goalie to Jake Allen that year. Uh, it was 27. No, it was 16-7. No, 16-17. Uh, yeah. Was it 16-17? Uh, I don't think it was that because he only played – no, 17 was the Preds. I think it's 15-16 because he played 24 games where he had a 2.1 goals against average and then yeah. 9.23 save percentage. It's not bad. He was good back How many then. shots? How many shots did he have against him? What? 631. But that was also when the Penguins okay. are rolling out like three scoring lines. <laughs> Stop. Jones was good back then. I'm not even no, no, or whatever. Um, but yeah, Markstrom, he should stay. Um, an interesting one because if there was a guy that we were all hoping or the Bruins would hope would take a pay cut, it's Tory Krug. He's gonna now, stay. He's gonna I mean, stay. like if there was any sort of question about if he would stay or not, now like players are gonna probably be uncomfortable to go somewhere else in such an uncertain time. I think now. It's weird to say, but I think the pandemic's actually sealed Tory Krug staying in Boston. And I hate it. Yeah. I hate it so much. It's a time to not... Sorry? Time to take risks, I think. No, no. With, uh, with his market, new defensive partner, Especially with like, the cap Boston. not moving. Yeah. All right. Um, Unless he goes to the Leafs. Sorry? Sorry, I just had this imagination. Like, Dustin Bufflin and Kyle Clifford... Against the Bruins, like that'd, that'd be, be great. Fun. I'm fine with that. Well, I'm in a grit there. Um, the second coming of Fraser McLaren and Colton Orr, 2013. Okay. Um, we got two really interesting players here. Yeah. Um, we have, and we'll start with Taylor Hall, um, a guy who I think on this podcast we've kind of come together. And correct me if I'm wrong here, guys. Taylor Hall is not nearly as good as some people think he is. And, man, really, I, I don't know who signs him, and I hope to God it's not the Habs. Oh, someone will sign him. Someone. Yeah. And, and you know who might do it? He brought this team up before. Calgary. I was thinking, because they want to, apparently yeah. if this year wasn't going to go its way, they were moving on. They were going to shake up the core. Mm. Move out Johnny Goudreau for something special, and then, I don't know, or Sean Monaghan, and then bring in Taylor Hall as a replacement? Why not? Well, I think they could do some damage. I I don't think the Flames were as bad as um, they were this year. They just yeah, they just underachieved in more times. I think Lindholm, like Lindholm, was was good. Uh, Monahan and Goudreau are good. Like I just think they had off years, and I think it's they're done with having. Like even in years previous, they had good regular seasons but when it came to the postseason 
I mean, last year they ran into the Avalanche, right? That <laughs> yeah, was a little. Yeah. That was a little unlucky there. <laughs> that was the run that made me think Nathan McKinnon's the best player in the world. Yeah, they, they uh, got about, a little, what? Yeah. So how, how about this, Alex and Daniel? Also, we haven't seen that beefed up blue line healthy with the additions of of, of Derek Forbard and um, Eric Gustafson made the yeah. deadline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They could be – and maybe Big Save Dave goes on the run, boys. Let's go. Yeah, he better. That's what – I, I think a lot. Like, you do have to have a good goal, I, I, at least a decent goalie. Um, sorry, guys. I, I don't mean to interrupt you again, but I forgot we're talking about Taylor Hall. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just there's so many stories with Calgary that we uh, think about, like, man. Yeah. Like, they should be better based on, like, what they have. Oh, yeah. The, the comparison this year was Toronto West. And, I mean, it would be nice if Goudreau showed up. And uh, forget about Taylor Hall. <laughs> Whatever. The number one defenseman of the 2015 draft, Noah Hannafin. I feel well, bad I heard, for him. I heard he was going to get traded. Right? Yeah. Remember we were, we were talking He's always about on the block. Around the deadline. <laughs> yeah. Because wasn't – yeah, he was supposed to be – I think you told me this, Alex. He was supposed to be part of the um, – crap. What was it? I can't remember. There was some deal and he was going to be part of it and we all yelled, what are you doing? Sorry. Okay, well, we'll move on to the last because we still have to talk about the CBA stuff and like all the big news. Um, Alex Petrangelo, I was talking to Mike about this. He's convinced that Petrangelo's gone. So am I. You don't sign Same. Justin Falk, resign Marco Scandella and have nothing, have little money. Mm-hmm. It, doesn't, uh, it, it doesn't seem to make sense. Like I'll but pull you, up their 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 cap yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they have two million in projected cap space, and that's at eighty one and a half. They have now, to re-sign Vince Dunn. What I know we were looking at was it there was a certain I forget which player it was um, that they would have to use the former Leaf that they would Steam, probably have to Steam. they would have to buy out Alex Steen. Alex Steen, yeah. I, I don't if, think that's enough. But now, what if they? Because we've heard whispers about like the um, the possibility of compliance bias. But I don't know. Is there anyone else you can see that would be a candidate on there, Alex, or just no? Yeah, Carl Gunderson. Carl, no, but Carl Gunderson makes one point seven. Uh, it's that or Jake Allen, and I don't. I that's still not enough. Tyler Bozak. Uh, yeah, Tyler Bozak. Okay, that's five million. Like I heard he was gonna. There was might get traded. Tyler Bozak, but again, I don't like you're gonna so Bozak makes five million. Dunn, uh, sorry, Bozak makes five, Jake Allen makes 4.3, that's 9.3 million. Do you have to re sign Vince Dunn and you have to re sign Alex Petrangelo? Uh, I think a lot of things that like there's a lot of things they have to do. I Man, it, it all depends to me if Petrangelo's willing to take a discount. And it's I think a discount, he, though, right? he he would though. I mean Stamkos did it to help a winning team. For sure. Hedman did it. Um and I mean he's the captain there. I, I think that's uh, but it's yeah, it's gonna be tough. But if he does leave, uh, which yeah, it does look likely, um who are gonna be the team I think we're gonna talk about Calgary in a second again. Again, but, yeah. Maybe. Who would be the front runners in your guys' mind to pick up Alex Petrangelo? 
Uh, let's see. Who has a lot of cap space? Colorado. Colorado does. Montreal. Montreal. Yeah, I was thinking Montreal. Columbus? They must have a bit. They they should. Uh, I don't know. Like New Jersey. I think if they overpay him, he goes to Columbus. Oh, how about this? How about this? How about this? Ottawa. Lots of cap room. Want to send a bunch of money. Kind of desperate to win. I, they would have to overpay him to make him come. Need a change in leadership and culture. Don't really Buffalo? have any stable defensemen on the right side. Are you talking about Buffalo? Buffalo. It's so, yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah, that they would be the Eric Carlson deal. The Eric Carlson deal. Okay, let me pull up Buffalo. You've you've started me on a path that I oh good lord. They have wow. They have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. $34 million. Okay. Pardon? But they have like no forwards. They no yeah. Players. They got to resign Simmons, Fro Leak, Sam Reinhart, Jimmy VC, Zemgis Gergensen, Zemgis Gergensen, sorry, Johan Larson, Dominic Cahoon, Victor Olofsson, Curtis Lazar. Brandon Montour, not Lawrence Pilot, because that guy's gone, and Linus Allmark and Tage Thompson. <laughs> that's that's not a lot. The, the Reinhardt might cost you some, but um, you can well, do hey, it. All I think well. is a prove me contract, and then who gets a prove me contract? Victor Olofsson. Yeah. Um, Tage Thompson, you keep him. I love the guy. I don't know. He was part of that really infamous O'Reilly trade, but I still believe in the guy. I still believe in the big mobile centers. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think, honestly, man, just don't sign every anyone else. Start just anew with that depth. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess, like, from two perspectives, for Buffalo, just start anew. You know, like, that core didn't work. And, yeah, save for Patrangelo. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, that'd be a bad – that'd be a nightmare. We will we will go now um, to the main event. A ring a ding ding, guys. A ding ding. We had a lot of news today, and we're gonna go through point through point to try and get a few of it and see what's going on. Um, but before we do, uh, you there listening, enjoying the podcast right now? Let's say you're listening to it on iTunes or Spotify. What you should do right now is go to YouTube and watch it. The podcast, I mean, with a video experience. And you can see what I am holding up to the screen right now. I'm sure you want to know what it is, but the only way you will is if you go check out the YouTube and a video for a video experience. We got two, we got two subscribers from the live stream, by the way. You surpassed my channel. I'm pretty jealous. Um, mm-hmm. But in all seriousness, guys, nothing is yet officially confirmed, but... Um, we basically see that the NHL and the NHLPA have basically, but not really, approved a new CBA. And we'll go through all the big points here. Uh, first of all, an agreement between the NHL and the PA on major issues of Phase 3 and 4 of return to play. Uh, this was a big issue, considering they're supposed to go to training camp in a few weeks. <laughs> Alex, yeah, it's, Alex went right to leaning on his hand because he's. <laughs> it's such a messy, it's such a messy situation that the NHL is in. Mm-hmm. Because the way I like, the way I look at it, and I, and uh, some of this information 
This is based off of what Dr. Fauci had said earlier in the pandemic, right? He goes, because there was talks about, you know, the NFL is going to be like, oh, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want because they're the NFL and they don't care. Um, and said, you know, if you do the bubble system, it could work. Like it should work. Mm-hmm. As long as you do it in a proper manner where that if there is cases, you isolate that player, you test everyone and make sure that you don't have an outbreak because where the issue comes is when you have an outbreak. Yeah. Um, so that's where it comes. Yeah. Um, it becomes difficult for me. We'll talk especially a bit more about, you know, um, players approving and when it comes to safety a little after later on, but um, so I think it's a very big, well, we'll mention it now then. Um, so by the way, the first few points I'm going to try before I say it, who I originally saw the information from. So the first points I originally saw from Bob McKenzie, this next piece I saw from Frank Saravelli as well from TSN, that players, as in any player, can choose to opt out of return to play. Mm-hmm. And I think, guys, that this is massive. And it's for this one question I want to ask you guys. How much does a family member influence a player's decision? Like, I'm sorry, I'm it up again, but you're Angela Price, you're pregnant, you have two kids already, and Carrie's gone off for how You're Jeff Petrie, you have a few young children. How big of an influence is, you know, these players' families going to be in either letting them go or stopping them from going to play in this play-in round and the playoffs in general? Yeah. Uh, I, uh, sorry, no, I think no, it's a lot. Ahead. Oh, um, I think it's not, I think talked about before, it's not really a trend right now with the NHL, but I think as things open up more, we're going to see more of these stories. Uh, we saw already a lot of it in the MLB, a lot of guys saying, you know, this is how my family is, this is the situation, I'm not playing this year. And it's like, you know, the entire season for them and their playoffs. Um, the NBA, like you see, I know there's been like a bit of an outbreak, but it's also players opting out, like Kevin Durant, like the Brooklyn Nets literally have half a team right now. Yeah, like they they still have to figure out how they're gonna fill their entire roster. So I think that you know these are really big factors that are gonna come to the NHL as well, especially when they kind of get up to that point where it's like, oh, this is where I am with my family, and this is something I really need to consider, especially for two months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alex, yeah, I, I think they they'll play a big part, and uh, you know, based on. Like, this doesn't come as a surprise to me about the opting out. Uh, the NBA is doing it. The MLB is doing it. I believe the MLS was doing it as well. So that really, um, to me, it doesn't come out of surprise. If they didn't do it, I would be very surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm interested in seeing how they do, in because... I'm interested in seeing how they explain to the players how the bubble system is going to work. And if they actually explain it in a way that they use science to back it up, because I think the issue is right now is that everyone's in their own hub city. They're not bubbled off. They're still interacting with other people. So it's like, to me, to have these minor, like, I know yesterday there was a couple of days ago, there was 11 new positive cases. And then a few episodes ago, there were 16 to me. That's not a surprise because they're not in a technical bubble, right? No. They're living life. Like they still can go to the grocery store. They, ha- they have to take the proper precautions, but they still know there's a chance that they, they can get it. 
mm-hmm. whereas the bubble it's a little bit different i would also hope that they have already explained this to the players before right. the players signed off but that is also yeah, yeah, something yeah. we're going to talk about have the players later. signed off on three pay phase three and four because i haven't read that anywhere apparently from what i read from bob yeah. was that most issues have been, but it's just like the last few things are. Okay. By the way, pending, I, pending hiccups, I heard. Yes, and and That's um, every they say that and, about everything. And Bob yeah. says that, and he's put this like in reference to all his tweets out there. Um, that not confirmed, but Friday or Saturday is the plan for the league to officially announce because you can hear the report like when we did with the 2014 playoff play in. Um, but then you need to also hear the league itself, and that takes a little more because business stuff that I don't understand, um, but you have to do it. Uh, next little thing, also from Bob McKenzie, I saw originally, um, a big issue was the possibility of signing bonuses. Over $300 million was due to players and signing bonuses today because, again, it's July 1st. That's kind of the turnaround day, you know, the cycle, next flip for contract years. I'm just going to quickly read you guys. This is from uh, David Pagnata on Twitter about some of the uh, the top 16 bonuses being paid out for today. Uh, Tyler Sagan, Jacob Truba, Brent Burns, Chris Kreider, and Jamie Benn, that's a bad deal, $8 million. Stamkos and Vasilevsky, 8.5. Carey Price, 8.75. Sebastian Ajo, <laughs> thanks, 9.875 for the Carolina Hurricanes, who can't pay their own staff, by the way. There you go. Hope the Storm Surge is paying for it. Eric Carlson's getting $10 million. Roman Yossi, $11 million. Oh. Um, John Tavares, 11.09. Panarin, who was kind of vocal about this stuff. That's funny. $12 million. Uh, Connor McDavid, $13 million. Mitch Marner, 14.3. And Austin Matthews, $15.2 million. Yeah. And we do know that these players are getting their signing bonuses, which is very good for well, them. I don't think they're getting all of that, though, right? Because of escrow. I was going to get this. Did you hear that? Yeah. Yeah. You can't put Ooh. your headphones that close to the mic. Ooh, that's my mistake, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think um, so. Or it was the, it the, sharp, the force. I don't or know. it was the Sharpie pen that you were using. I don't know. Ooh, I hope I didn't mark anything there. Sorry. I'm just, <laughs> it was the eerie feeling of those signing bonuses. It's like, yeah, too but crazy. Re- regardless. Um, we also do know there's a 10%. This is where I saw Freeman. I believe it was a 10 or 20%. I think it's 10. 10. Roll back on salaries for next year. We also know that, for next season, it will be 20% escrow, and then years afterwards, it will be going down. Not it's anything. usually 10%, right? Yeah, around that so, figure. I know Adam's going to hate me for this, but for some players, that's quite a bit of money. Yeah. Why would I I'm hate not, that? I'm, well, because the escrow is the issue. Yeah. What is the example you use? Dale Weiss? I thought Josh Levo. Well, <laughs> by, by the way, what Daniel means is, because I don't think we were recording – I said earlier that I don't have sympathy. I said that, listen, if, if cheese is $8, I'm not yeah. buying it. So yeah. I don't have a lot of sympathy for our Tammy Panarin who's getting a $12 million signing bonus. Yeah. I know agent fees and escrow, it's still a lot more than some people make in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. But I feel but for a guy like Dale Weiss, yeah. who might be on the edge. Still edges. making, who could still make more than people would be. <laughs> yes. How much does Dale Weiss make? He's made some money, man. Like, no, I know, but like, like, what's his current contract? Nine hundred thousand? No. Two point two something. Two point two. He lives in Montreal. <laughs> like, like half of the money. Rent so is cheap. The in, the funny thing is, like, you look at the players who play in Canada. Like, they're not getting half of the money. 
Dale Weiss can make a living being a hab just for that series against the Bruins. Yeah. Um, but next, uh, hold on a minute. Um, this is from Pierre LeBrun specifically. He mentioned, I'm going to paraphrase here, that, and this is very important, pending info from the, from, from the IOC, it looks like the NHL have set forth that the players can return to the Olympics. And the way Pierre LeBrun said that this would then cover the 2022 Winter Olympics and 2026, which means, guys, we have a possibility. I saw this tweet earlier. I can't remember who it was from. I'm Rachel steal. Dory. Nathan McKinnon. Rachel Dory? All right. I'm so sorry, Rachel. Nathan McKinnon, <laughs> Colin McDavid, and Sidney Crosby on the same team. Again, pending IOC, guys, but how do we feel that – the star players have the door open to go to the Olympics and the other players get a vacation. Can I be honest? Yeah, sure. I'm No, I'm fine with them going. I think they're going to regret this. How's that? In 2022, think about like this. They're playing hockey in January this year, right? We're starting the league in January. Uh, the, that was the aim towards the That's end. That's the, the aim. And it could go farther. Right, so January is the starting point. So they're going to play January. They're going to play full 82-game season plus full playoffs. That'll take them to what? Middle of the summer. Yes. Then they're going to start, they're going to start again when? They're not going to start in October. They're going to start in November, Ooh. December. There has been talk that I think Friedman's been saying that they want to change the season around. But then if it's – when okay. are the Winter Olympics normally? I don't even remember. January, January February? Yeah. Well, so what can, are you going to do? You don't have training camp, which players love. I, I think there's going to be an issue, and I think they're going to they're not they're going to play so much hockey in the next two years. I don't know if they're going to I don't know if they're going to like that. Hey, I I thought it was a bit petty to bring up the whole Olympic stuff anyway. Like I understand why to do it, but like when I started seeing, I stuff think about we, it, yeah, sorry, go. it's just that thing that you know you bring up. That, I think this know, is the best time know. for them to bring it up. Oh, yeah. like, listen, I'm going to... players want to go. Yeah. Sorry, Daniel? Because players want to go, but, you know, it's just the whole... They don't realize how much the fatigue comes in and just gets, like... I guess we talked about the Don Tavares example. We always use that example. Yes. Guy breaks his leg. The Islanders don't make the playoffs, but there's always those issues. And it's also, like, the business side of things where it's, like, do you you get, like, close to nothing on this compared Zero. to, like, an all-star weekend? Zero. Yeah. So- I you can't also, even use the footage. No. When was the last time you saw footage of a Olympic game on TV? Friedman had they used some clips, but then when the golden goal, he was interviewing Crosby in the home yeah. theater. But then the moment it was the golden goal, they couldn't put the footage, which is a nope. travesty to broadcasting everywhere. Um, but I won't. I've listen. I know it was the time you had to do it, but I'm not gonna lie. I get pretty upset when it takes a pandemic for everyone to get their act together. I'm not going to lie. I know it's then when leverage becomes a factor. I yeah. understand all that. Don't worry. I'm just, my personal feelings. Oh. I can't stand it. Yeah. I think this was the, the league caving in. Yeah. Well, look bit. at what happened with the NLP. Like, yeah, the, like the NHL, we're going to be at a disadvantage here. Um, yeah. Uh, so next little bit of stuff. This is oh, more quickly, crazy. quickly, quickly, yeah. quickly. Yeah. I think what ha- I th- I remember this was a few weeks ago that the uh, NHL was looking at putting like escrow at like thirty five percent. Do you remember hearing that? Daniel, sorry, we can't hear you, man. No, oh, that was crazy. That number. Right. 
No. We still can't hear you, buddy. You're really low. No. It's like now, now, perfect. Now Whatever you can hear me. Doing. All Whatever right, okay. What'd you say? No, that yeah, I, I remember seeing that. That was really insane. 30%. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if uh, they if they lowered that number and gave them the Olympics. Whatever. I'm interested to see how the negotiations go with the IOC because that's been a real point of of our like that seems like it's been a pain in the ass the last few years. That was probably the reason they didn't go last time. It was yeah, end. yeah. Um, but next sort of issue here, and this is um, probably my biggest takeaway or second biggest because that's either some more con. It's cap stuff generally. The next two seasons. We will have a flat cap staying at $81.5 million. The third year, it will move up $1 million to 83.5, which means if you are close to the cap ceiling, and this is a big reason why we talked about Patrans only believing, if you're one of those teams, you are not in a good position. Yeah. So why we're quickly on this note um, of the cap stuff. And again, we talk about the Leafs and the Habs who are kind of in two different sort of situations here. Sorry about my phone. That the Canadians are not, you know, the competitive force the Leafs are, but luckily right now they have cap space. Even though the moment they have to sign a star or two, you know, it's going to add up with Weber and Price's deal as well. Meanwhile, you have the Leafs who are still fighting. You know, they are a one of the better teams in the league. They have all the offensive power in the world, but... I think it's, it's safe to say that like every other team in the league, they were hoping that the cap was going to go up. And the way Mike was, I had Mike call me at like 10 PM once. And he's like, man, I, I think he had had one or two. And he was like four, four words making this much. I was like, Oh no. So my two leaf friends, two of my many leaf friends, one and a half. Daniel's, half, and a half. Half. Half, Daniel's half a ducks fan. What does this mean for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Um, do you want me to go first? Sure. Or Daniel, do you want to go first? No, you go first. You go first. I, I don't necessarily know how much it changes. I think I think now, you know, that we're talk, talking about Janssen, one of Janssen, Kapanen, or Kerfoot gone. And I think Kapanen was kind of moved out of that conversation. But I really think now both Janssen and Kapanen, uh, Janssen and Kerfoot will be traded to get rid of some cap space um, and hopefully bring in a, a, a right-handed defenseman that can play with Morgan Riley. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I think they're going to be ca- they were going to be cap strapped anyways. I don't. I think this just makes it a little more difficult, but. I, I'd be interested to see what they do. I, I don't think they trade one of the big four. Mm-hmm. Um, I think where it becomes really di- – what they really have to consider for the future is next year Anderson's up and Hyman's up. Um, and the year after that, Riley – a year or two after that, Riley's up. And the cap's not going to be moving. So I think at that point, you look at saying, okay – who has developed. I, I don't think you panic and trade one of them now because I think moving Janssen or Cap using moving Janssen and Kerfoot, I think you have enough depth in the system to fill out bottom six roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can look at developing Engvall as a center. You can look at 
having Spezza play sometimes playing third line minutes and having Fred uh, Gautier play fourth line minutes. I, I, it's not the ideal situation. You have Barabanov. Can he play center? I think there's a lot of questions about guys they've brought in, but I don't think you panic and trade a, like a, I think the most obvious one to most people is William Nylander. I don't think you do that now. I think you do that uh, in a year or two when you really have to re-sign Freddie and Riley. Mm-hmm. Daniel. I kind of feel the same way too. Like um, Alex brought up Janssen and Kerfoot. Those are the two obvious guys. I kind of feel that, you know, you could afford to kind of move those contracts, you know, get some wiggle room. You know, they have like the Marlies, you know, they're great with uh, bringing up guys, you know, Dubis is going to keep going to the KHL yeah. every summer or, you know, every pause to the, t- uh, to the, to the league. He's yeah. going to get somebody. I think so. Um, I don't know. Like one other thing too. I know like it's not too much, but like I thought like Justin Hull, like Joseph Hull. Wait, no, Hall? Justin, just, Justin, Justin Hull. Hall. Yeah. Justin Hall. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I think, the is, um, <laughs> I think it's a guy that I like for what they paid him. It is a bit of a premium for what he does. You know, he didn't yeah. really show that he should be here long-term. It's like, yeah, it's the kind of thing where you could kind of don't, take too much off the defensive core, but it's someone I could kind of feel that you could move that guy to, to add a bit more of that cap space. Yeah. And I think another big thing to consider is what is going to, what are Sandine and Liliagrin are going to, what are they going to look like at the beginning of next season, whenever that is, because I think that that answers a lot of defensive questions, like in terms of your bottom pairing. Right. You still uh, have Martin Marincin. You still so. have Martin Marincin. Like, what do you do? Like, you just brought in Lettinen. Mm. Do you try him with Muzzin? Like, you know that... I don't know. Do you put him with Riley? I think there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. But the fact that the cap isn't moving for the next two years and only going up $1 million the year after is a little unsettling. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah, 1.5 growth over three years when uh, I believe it was at 79 to 81 this year. And, I mean, it's not just Toronto. Fe- Arizona, I almost said Phoenix. A- a Arizona are somehow up there because of their shenanigans. The Bruins. The, Bru- the Bruins are going to figure it out. I'm not going to say Tampa because they'll figure it out too. But, yeah, a lot of teams are going to be messed up by this. Um, but there may be some saving graces because teams love – Again, it's July 1st, which means you're, all day you see stuff like the Tavares yeah. uh, re-signing, sorry, the signing in Toronto. You see the Milan Lucic stuff. This is also from Elliot Friedman that the NHL fought for contract structures and kind yeah. of reviewing stuff, specifically limits on signing bonuses, less, um, less salary fluctuation from year to year, so the way I understand that, and I, I find it interesting he didn't say term because I, he's talked, Freeman has talked about it before, but at the same mm-hmm. time, if it was an issue as big as term for players, I think we would have heard of it. Yeah. But this, to me, actually seems to be a way of taking advantage away from richer teams from being able to like inflate your kind of, like it's the strength yeah. of the Leafs and the Habs that they are able in you know, LA, all these type of teams that are able to front load these deals to bring in free agents. And I don't like it. 
Yeah, uh, just quickly going back, uh, 19 teams are $1.5 million within the salary cap. 19. Wow. Adam, you're muted? Um, Just to go off, I guess, uh, Daniel, or if you want to start, you can go ahead. Oh, no. Okay, uh, just to go off what Adam was saying, I think, yeah, another thing the league is doing, uh, playing their parity card, um, I think this was really more uh, – Adam brought up the term. I, I don't think you're going to hear the players talk about term. I think for them, the longer the better. It's yeah. security for them. They're getting that money. Um, I think if I think it's more of an owner standpoint uh, who are looking for that term re, uh, to be reduced. In terms of the salary yeah, like I, I think they're just trying to make – they're creating more – it, it they're creating more parity, and I don't know if that's good. Like, do you remember the team who won one Stanley Cup in ten years, or do you remember the team who won three Stanley Cups in ten years? Like, we talk about the dynasty, the Montreal Canadiens dynasties. We talk about the New York Islanders dynasties. We talk about the Edmonton Oilers dynasties. We'll talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, dynasty, whether it was one f- like if you want to put together their runs in 08 and 09 plus the last two cups, we're going to talk about the Golden State Warriors dynasty. What about the 2007 Anaheim Ducks? We'll, we'll talk about that. Sure, we will. But I I just – they keep pushing this parody, 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 parody. And it's like, man, like at a point, who are you satisfying? The owners? Like I think at the end of the day, I I, I don't know if – how interested fans are going to be in this parody. It's going to make free agency a bit more stale, I think. Um, you know, we always hype them up. We love the TSN sports that coverage of them, you know, as fans, it's like something that you want to see there. It's, you want to see the big names get mm-hmm. moved, but like it's becoming increasingly more difficult. And like that term, like, I know that like sometimes it really does not work out a lot of these terms, but they're just interesting to kind of analyze as well moving forward. Yeah. Well, I, I think term was really like, it's the NHL trying to, it's, it's the league saving GMs from themselves. And I mean, like yeah. term has always been so, like Jason Bottrell himself, the report saying that he, he sees that teams get themselves messed up with term, right? So if it was like that, but like, I'm, I'm just, I'm, while you guys are talking, I'm trying to think of another angle that maybe the league are thinking but I I can't do it. Yes, so. I like I like what you said, Adam. Where you said like GM saving themselves from this. Uh, I think where it is right now with term, I think it's it's a good number. You know, we're not seeing the Duncan Keith, the Roberto Luongo, the Marion host of the Ilya Kovalchuk contracts anymore. I would like it lower to five. I won't lie. Five, right? I it's five. Seven, like the nine. NBA. Yeah. You look oh, at what I, the. I think the NBA. I think the NBA gets so much attention on July f- or whenever their free agency is. I don't think it's July first. It's around it's the same first, time. Yeah, it is. It's just um. It's just before, right? It's just weird. So like the big names. Yeah. On July first, they get into talks with teams, yeah, but they yeah, don't actually yeah. sign like until like a week later. But like, like that's why there's like a there's like a there's like a story on it every day. Yeah, and, and I think they get so much attention on that day because so many teams switch. So many names, um, god damn it! So many players switch teams 
right? Like we're going to, we're looking at 2021 where you have Giannis, you have Kawhi. I think you, uh, you have a bunch of other players. I think you have Paul, Paul George. George. Yeah. Um, all these guys the are going to be. Team. Who? The entire, yeah, the entire Clippers, Clippers team. team. All <laughs> these, all these massive guys are going to be free agents. And it's like, Oh man, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Whereas like, I think, well, maybe like, I don't know. It doesn't seem like I think in the NHL, a lot of players just end up big guys end up resigning with their team. That's Steven Stamkos hype of 2016. Yeah. Yeah, Don't even, don't even bring that back up. I mean, yeah, it's like, that's why Tavares was such a shakeup. He's like the biggest free agency, you know, tester dipping your toe in the water since Chara. Yeah. And I mean, you think about how long ago that is. I don't think of Char as anything but a Bruin, but you've read he was like a Sen, he was an Islander somehow. I, mean, I wonder kinda... if that change that that experience changes players' mentality, right? Like last year, you saw Panarin dip his uh, toe in free agency. This year, you're going to see Taylor Hall and um, Siri just turned on. Okay, um, you're going to see. Taylor Hall and potentially Alex Petrangelo, potentially Tori Krug dip their toe into free agency. Like these are the biggest names in, in their free agent pool and they're legitimately going to test free agency. And I feel like before Tavares, we didn't really see that as much. Mm-hmm. Like there was I rumors, one instance, but they ended up yeah. signing with their team. I remember one instance. It was 2009. I remember that was when Martin Havlat was still an all-star and, uh, he went from Chicago to Minnesota to re- and then because he replaced Marion Gabrick who went to the Rangers okay. and then Hosa replaced Havlat on Chicago. So that was the only time I saw like this, this carousel of all-stars replacing each other on these teams because they're all right wingers. I hear Gabrick and I'm like, oh, I forgot he was good. That's how long ago it was. Yeah. Okay. The last piece of news to talk about here is uh, I don't even know whether to call it news because we yesterday it was like Rumors. Toronto, Chicago, Vegas had just lost their spot. But Bob McKenzie has reported, and CP24 were confident enough to they're wow. reporting it all day. Not CP24. Uh, <laughs> it is believed believed that the two hub cities for the playoffs will be Edmonton and Toronto. And this is where I'm very pissed off. Okay, I'm going to tell you guys this. My grandmother died last January, and we have been trying to get her ashes over for a very long time because it's not easy. It's also expensive, too, because they take advantage of people who have just lost a loved one. It's not easy to do. Here's what really gets me mad. If we were to try and go and get her ashes and come back, the government has just extended the travel traveler's 14-day thing, okay? Mm-hmm. And again, athletes are exempt from it. Okay? Partially. Wait, which athletes? Sorry. Remember, the government are saying like... Hey, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. That's what's pissing me off. Okay? Mm-hmm. I don't understand the idea of, hey, I like having an in, in, in a, a Canadian city, I get it, because the states have just been a crapshoot, but... I think, okay, you have players in New York, you have players in Dallas, and how bad have those states been? And you're in an influx, not only bringing the Europeans over, who 
hey, they've been a lot better. Apparently, they've just been like in rinks in Sweden forever now. But now you are then going to bring this exodus of players from the States. And I'm going to like forget about sports for a second. As a member, someone who lives in Pickering just outside the city, yeah. I don't want that. Hundreds of people, 50 from each organization coming here. Yeah, I think the number ended is somewhere around um, – it's 600 player or per team personnel, plus I think it was around 150 league personnel. So 750 people. And this is also when I have a problem with the players. Okay. Because it has been said – Eric Angles had, had talked to a bunch of players and privately had all of these concerns – about is it going to be safe to come back. And apparently they've now agreed to most of this stuff for return to play. And now a few days ago, again, when Eric Angles reported all this stuff, they had been told, or they had told Eric Angles that, a very trusted reporter, by the way, that they were having talks more about money than safety itself. And now we've just come back now after apparently a grueling night of negotiations. How much do these players really know? And here's the problem. NHL players, I'm going to forget about hockey culture, especially if you're a member of, you know, if you're your team's representative, like a guy like Paul Byron, you have a family, okay? You are now, like, I, I refuse to believe that these players now, not only them, but then the representatives going to their teams, really understand how these bubbles are going to work. Also, if you take one wrong turn outside of Union Station to an exit, you are right next to Scotiabank. How yeah. are you going to bubble all of that off? You're cutting off the city, and restrictions in Toronto are being lifted and lifted. So you're going to have more people out on the streets, and you're now going to sacrifice part of the city. Yeah, so I don't know. the. I know the MLSE put um, this was couple weeks ago whenever the vancouver there was the issue with the vancouver bid so maybe last week they submitted an updated bid the thing is i don't know what was in the updated bid so i don't know but i know they submitted an updated bid so there's they put a plan in place it's a matter of and i don't think that's something they're going to release they're willingly going to release to the public i think maybe eventually uh one of friedman uh cj uh mckenzie Simmons. The big guys will have it. The one of the big guys will, will, will come out with it. I kind of agree too. Like the fact that these, all these restrictions are coming out, you know, I see already seeing it here and there where, you know, people are seeing the weather. They like, you know, they're restless. They want to go out. And then you're just giving your, the city another excuse that, yeah, like you're not allowed to go to the game, but you know, that's going to cause crowds, man. The, like the okay, but then the issue is whose issue is that the crowds? I think it's a legitimate question. Like who's, if you have a proper plan in place, let's, I'm giving a hypothetical mm-hmm. here. You have a proper plan. Um, bubble wise. Are you, and mm-hmm. you say, okay, this is this, 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 and this, are you concerned about the people crowding or is that the city's issue? I think regardless, it has to be part of it. Yeah, I think it has to be a concern. Like, see, Okay, but then if that's the concern, you don't do – like there's going to be crowds. If Even if it wasn't in Toronto, you think there wasn't going to be crowds anyways? I think it's like – I think there's going to be crowds, and I think 
then if that's a consideration, we shouldn't be playing sports for a while because there's going to be crowds. Yeah. Like, my opinion is you should have just canceled everything. I know that's like that's how I always right. kind of felt. And then the next question is, when do you play sports? Because this pandemic isn't going away anytime soon. Yeah. Like, that's Fauci why- was saying with a vaccine mm-hmm. that it might be 75%, work 75%. Mm-hmm. So we'd still have to watch out. So the next question is, what? Um, when is it okay to play to to do these type of not not have fans in the buildings? That's mm-hmm. a separate question. When is it okay to start the leagues back up again? That's the thing I kind of felt because I think that like that was my own personal opinion where I think that you shouldn't have just scrapped something. Things for now, just to like, you know, not have these kind of talks that you know you 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 give like these like bite-sized updates for literally everyone who's involved. But my opinion was, since you know you're gonna have to do it this way, I think the safest thing was you don't put it in like two of the hockey craze cities in Canada. That coupled with the fact that you have people who have you know they, you know they want to go out, they want to have an excuse to be like, let's go mm-hmm. see this. What worries but where are they going to go? I don't like. I think go? they party. I'm, okay, but they're they're so they're. But if the issue is having it in Toronto and they're going to party, you can have it in Edmonton and Chicago. They're still going to party in Toronto. Well, the, here's, but it's like South Dakota. So that's what I'm saying. Is here's if, the big problem I have that it sounded like Vegas, and I think Friedman said this himself. The bubble was airtight. And how in a matter of a, about a week, that went back. So with Vegas, who you had put your bets on since the I beginning bet of this, on, yeah. like that can go mm. away? Again, you guys well, can They just tap. completely opened up. That's All three they, of us, guys, like, we love this sport. I love yeah. this sport. I want to talk about it for the rest of my life. If I don't get to watch hockey for a week, I'm fine with oh, – sorry, not a week. If I have to spend six months not being More able to watch six hockey – for the greater freaking good of a pandemic, yeah. I am okay with it. But okay, that's fine. I I agree with you. But it's if if we're going based and I and I'm fine with it, going based on what both of you are saying, it's going to be longer than six months. Because if what they're saying is true, and what I've read is is going to happen, there's going to be a second wave in October and November. So then we're pushing. I, I'm fine with it. I'm just like we're pushing it back more than six months. Right, it's it le- it's probably at least a year. That's tough. Then you have to do it. Your sports, you're not important. You're not that's important. Fine. Yeah, that's fine. I, I simply, okay. you're not a doctor. You're not a dentist. That's just not it. I don't. I don't get to see. I'm supposed to see my orthodontist once a month. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't get to see them again till September, and I was supposed to have jaw surgery. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I just, and, and they're like we we argued about the, the the testing, but Alex, you were right. Like they've. Testing is gone, but even they don't even know. There was, oh, I'm not going to get into the science of it, but 60, 60 Minutes had a really good report about how like they still don't really have the virus down pat in certain aspects. So, you know, fantastic there. Okay, so yeah, no, because I'm just I'm being well, devil's okay. I'm just being devil's advocates here. Yeah, because I think this yeah. is a lot, and yeah, and I think the issue with not playing for a year is is a lot of money like we're talking billions of dollars Mm -hmm. 
like and i adam's already making a face i could tell he he's not happy with this but it's a reality that's what they're thinking like you can't sit there and you want to be realistic this is their thought process Mm -hmm. and and i do like and yeah you're right like besides like i first of all like owners i don't care about you like you're terrible people you're greedy but I do acknowledge that there are some players, or like most players, it's their living. Yeah. And I understand that. But okay. I just don't think it is worth it. Like, if, if there was really an element of safety, I just don't think you bring it in Toronto. Like, but if there's a plan, if there is an airtight plan, which we don't actually know, no one knows anything. Surprisingly, no one knows anything about the Toronto bit. I haven't heard a single piece of information come out about the Toronto bid. We know we we knew the Vegas one was airtight. I haven't yeah. heard a single thing about this one. Kind of just happened to me, I think, like when I was reading, like, okay, I guess Toronto. So what hmm? So it's like every day was like new teams of run runner, new team, like whatever. So mm. if there's a plan that works, like I'm looking at how other leagues are doing it. Like I'm looking at Europe. Um I'm looking at the UFC like they've managed to do it and contain it. I you keep bringing up the UFC. You Why cannot not? compare them. The number of people. Okay, so you want? Okay, I'll throw at UFC. There's soccer where they're going to different stadiums across the country. My problem here is Europe isn't a lot. Like, listen, they don't have the what? states biting at their heels, or some states have been worse than when this pandemic was at its quote peak. Okay, but we're not talking about the states that. anymore. Hmm? We're talking about having two Canadian hub cities. Yes, that is, you're bringing in American players, and like, or no, it's not just so American were they. Players. They're bringing, they're bringing in players in across the world. There. They're bringing they're in players the across the world. Hmm? They are bringing in players across the world. Not all Italian players play in the Italian. That's league. not what I said, Alex. What I mean you're, is that like you are still, and I did say earlier, yeah, you're still bringing everyone across. Yeah. But then the worst part is you're bringing the, the players from America and just you turn on the news for five minutes and you see how much worse things have gotten there. And if I can't trust, you know, the, 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 the politicians to like, to, and I, I very much purposely use air quotes there to take care of this. I'm not going to trust, the, I don't trust the players at all. I really do not. Because if they were quarantined properly, there shouldn't be cases like this. How did Austin Matthews get it? How did any of the Sens players get it? I don't know. I've read people who haven't left their house and still got it in a condo building. And Anyone I, who's I, living in a condo, okay, you can get it. I'm just telling you. That's, I'm, I'm reading this online, right? I have gone crazy being in my room yeah. to the point where like, we are renovating a basement. Yeah, I will not believe that those players are going to be stuck I'm in not, hotels and rinks and not have the urge to do something stupid. I do not. And it's not just players. Okay, so, I don't trust humans, period. And I don't trust the people right. in Edmonton and Toronto to not go out in the streets and be idiots about this as well. Okay. So, but you don't know any, the, the issue I have is that you're speaking all on no information about the Toronto bid. You don't know. We no one in this in this call knows anything about the Toronto bid. If they have a plan, like, and again, I'm going back to the other leagues because if I'm the NHL, I'm calling every single league in Europe and saying, "How are you making sure that the players aren't leaving their house?" Because when a player in Europe leaves their house to go to a grocery store, you're banned. You're out for two weeks. 
No question. A guy went to go get toothpaste at a grocery store and had to miss a game. Well, clearly the league hasn't done that. I mean, they didn't. But how do you not? You don't know anything about the plan. Alex, the league didn't have the CBA started out and signing bonuses until today. They were supposed to camps in two weeks. I don't trust them. This is the NHL. They're not a very progressive league. They're always fourth and fifth. I just, I don't trust them to go with contact other leagues. I doubt they have. Okay. Have they, I'm sure they've been like general testing in that, but I mean, like, I, I don't think they're going to go to the MLB and be like, ah, so you're no, traveling. I wouldn't go to the MLB. Like, and that's another thing. The fact that the MLB looks like they're traveling cities. Like, what's going to go on yes. with the Jays? Yeah, that's a completely different yes, it, set Alex, of questions, for sure. players coming in and out. Yes, like, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Sports, okay. I'm talking yeah. as somebody who lives in the GTA now. Like, this yeah. is like. This is my biggest issue here is like, I'm like the human side of all of this is such a prop. And like, I'm, I'm listen, do I have the answers of how you then support those players? Listen, this year they are all paid technically. Then when it comes right. the next season, wrong, I don't know what you do. I'll be honest. Well, the league just I mean, shut out the, the league just shut out $300 million today. Right. It's a pit. It doesn't matter if you're putting people's lives at risk. No, no, I'm not arguing that. You're saying you don't like. How are you going to handle the players? That's what I'm saying. Well, I, I, gave I'm them sorry, I, was, I, I don't know. Okay. But that should be the league's responsibility, and I think clearly they have not put safety first here. Okay. They haven't, because otherwise players wouldn't have been going to reporters and say, "I'm hearing more about money than I am seeing." Well, let's talk about that then. Why? I have a major issue with the uh, time and time and time and time and time and time again. And we talked about at the beginning, like uh, why, why are you going to reporters? How about you open your mouths on your own social media pages? Why, why, why does Eric, sorry, why does Eric Engels have to tell me players are concerned? Why mm-hmm. is Kevin Bieksa telling me players are concerned? How about you open up your mouth? I, I've heard multiple MLB players do it. I've heard multiple NBA players do it. They come Are we on. going back to hockey culture again? Just that whole yeah, team mentality? It, it makes you wonder how many players are actually going to opt out too. That's, that's something I worry about is how many of them are going to feel pressured to. As in, uh, sorry, to, to not opt in and to show up for a kid. And then at that point, if they don't opt out, whose problem is it? It should be theirs because they said, I'm go like you, you were given the option at that point to not go. And you said, I'm not going to go because I don't want to be mocked. I don't want to be whatever. I don't want to be what? Because you didn't want to speak out at that point. It's their problem. Mm-hmm. The player's problem. Especially yeah. if they have families. Like you imagine probably that like, there's definitely going to be a cutoff in a, like the younger players. I imagine would be less likely. Like, of course, there's going to be exceptions. Like, Max Domi wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play. But, like, older players, like Joe Thornton, I don't think should run the risk of this at all. Because he has kids and he's, you know, he's one of those guys that are older, like Charlie Marlowe. I don't see why they would take the risk at all. I don't know. I think a lot of those guys are going to end up playing. Like, Spets is like, yeah, I'm going to play. I'm like, okay, do whatever you want, man. Uh, I can't you've chosen to whether you actually believe that it's a concern or not is your choice. But if you believe it's a concern and you still go and you don't say anything at that point, you haven't done all that you can do. You haven't even done the minimum. Yeah. 
I, I don't like at that point, I don't know how I'm supposed to have sympathy for the players for not speaking out and, and uh, still going. Yeah. We talked about it, about the, the 2014 playoff thing. If only two groups of teams or if, if only two organizations were going to go out and say no about that, then like, I don't have faith in the rest of the league to say something well, about that. The, but that vote was specifically for the playoff format, though. That wasn't about the CBA or the safety. That vote was strictly. Yeah, yeah. No, not yet. But, but what I mean is, like, also, like, in regards to the report today, oh, yeah. that apparently it's, it's okay, like, everyone's saying A-OK by the iron it, details. It's, no, I don't know the answer to this. Maybe you do. Is are the next votes? I know the 2014 playoff format was it was the representatives voting. Is I the think next it was, one, yes. was the is the next one all players get to vote? Oh, that's I don't know for sure because I think normally it's like the representatives of naturally are the representatives, but I don't know for sure. Yeah. I think it should be though, like it should be all players. Because I know that I think that usually happens when it comes to the CBA. Yeah, you imagine if it's a serious enough top, and this is pretty serious. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I thought I read that somewhere, but I don't want to confirm it. So I don't even want to think of how long we've gone for today. Uh, I think an hour and a half. Alex, I love you, man. You know that. Yeah, gone to. I love argue. you guys. How many arguments have we gone into? A lot. And I think, we- I think this one's. I started at 94% on my battery. I'm now at 6% on my, on my maps. What are you saying, Daniel? Sorry. I love you guys. Love you too, man. <laughs> All right. Wait, Alex didn't say it. Uh, I love you guys too. <laughs> I just All want right. to see if you noticed. Well, if you enjoyed this heated episode of the podcast, um, there's lots of different ways you can show your support for the show. First of all, I've mentioned already, be sure to go check out the show's YouTube channel for a visual experience of the podcast. Why not go check out... Um, as well, our draft lottery stuff. Um, that was a great episode. Had Mike, some great reactions. See us laugh at the, the Detroit Red Wings and the Ottawa Senators a bit. Um, you can also check out the show's Facebook and Instagram pages, uh, all of our socials, my YouTube channel, all that, Alex's blog, Daniel, I'm sure somewhere they can get to your eye opener stuff and all that lovely. Thank you. Lovely business. Lovely um, jubbly. Sorry? I said lovely jubbly. Lovely, lovely. Um, on iTunes, and I'd be sure to give a five-star rating and a review. Really helps the show grow. Uh, and let us know if you had to pick a team to get Alexis Lafreniere, who would it be? Any of them? You know, Minnesota. I mean, yeah, Minnesota. Oh, I feel so bad for them. <laughs> they always beat Montreal too. It'd be a slap in the face. All right, that's everything. Um, goodbye, and we love you. <laughs>